Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we got David. Your local horror virgin. There he is. Uh-huh. In the flesh. Seriously, he's right here. He's right next to me. <laughs> also <laughs> known as Night Knight. And across from me, we got Freddy. Always keeping that spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife that site with a what? Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to this show as early as Monday and ad-free with a post-show involved. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, keeping things going, not only with our cosmic horror month of March Madness. I hear the music too, guys. I hope it's not being picked up by the. It's by not. Mats, it should be good. It's, it's problem. I'm sure it's fine. But uh, keeping things going with March of Madness, also known as Joe Merton's month. Shout out to Joe Merton. Oh <laughs> yeah, we are covering from beyond. First and foremost, gentlemen, thoughts. David, you go first. Oh, oh boy. Boy. <laughs> no, you guys both first. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You guys both. This is, your, <laughs> uh, this is both your first time watching this film. I, yes. I assume. First time hearing time. about it. This is your first I'm time hearing kidding. about it's it. My yeah. first time. I said hundred, but I'm like just kidding. It's my first time. <laughs> what type of horror version are you? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yes, yeah, celibacy. First time. <laughs> um, this movie made me uncomfortable a Damn portion right of the did. time. Damn right. It did. Uh, I actually have, <laughs> I have problems with this movie. <laughs> oh, um, what's your problems? You want to fight it? No, I don't want to fight it. I mean, okay, so I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, maybe. No. Um, I I love the 80s as a decade. I am envious of the people that lived through the 80s as a decade, but I just can't get around 80s acting a majority of 80s acting and that's fair it can just be so cheesy sometimes and quite frankly bad <laughs> yeah and um, although barbara crampton is like surprisingly really good no She's she amazing. she does a great <laughs> job in this role yeah. i think everyone surrounding her can do a little better i i agree yeah and I agree and that's where it that's where I kind of lost myself. I found myself laughing a lot throughout this film, but a, fair enough. A good it was either I was laughing or I felt very uncomfortable about the over sexual uh, sexualization of our protagonist here. Right? Uh, it made me uncomfortable. It felt almost forced about how how sexy this movie was trying to be. This movie's so fucking horny. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it really is. And it felt like it was horny for the sake of being horny and yeah. for yeah. the... I mean, it kind of makes sense with the title, though. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm curious to see where this conversation goes. Hopefully you guys could school me and help me understand, but I feel I'll like... Try. <laughs> I felt like there wasn't really any answers on why, why was it our so gal horny? Barbara all of a sudden became so horny. Um, everybody did. Right. <laughs> everybody um, was mad horny. <laughs> yeah, and um, it just it didn't put me on a 
proper storytelling path to understand. Fair. Um, now, I love the creature design. Uh, mm. I think a lot of it's cool. Yeah, a lot of it is kind of hard to look at, but that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Um, like the special special effects and uh, practical effects, I am not going to hate on those. Um, I think they're awesome, and I yeah, especially for the eighties. Like yeah, the, the slithering exactly. of the swimming of that yeah. that thing. I don't even know what the fuck it is, but that snake worm thing. Yeah, oh that, yeah, that there, like looked good. Yeah, it did. <laughs> There's a portion where she's running downstairs, and I see it like twisting, yeah, like, around. twisting around the fucking. Oh wow! Yeah, and I'm like, that's some good stuff, right? And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Uh, dock older films for their uh, practical or special effects. Yeah, I don't think a, that's fair. Yeah, it's a product yeah. of the time, and you got to take it for what it is and appreciate it for that. But um, it's just the acting and the awkward. That you can knock. <laughs> yeah, and the awkward just forced sexual tension and sexualization of everything. It just felt like it, w- it, it wanted to sell sex and it wanted to have people come to the box office to yeah. watch the closest thing they can to be in a porn. It's like, mm, touch my pineal gland. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, please never say that again. <laughs> um, what did you think, Freddie? Um, I feel like I have to digest this movie a little bit more. I just saw this very recently and it's one of those films where it's like, there's a lot going on in this. There's of a course. lot of weird yeah. stuff so going, on going on in this. And I feel like you said a really cool thing too, being disturbed by it because there are a lot of disturbing there's visuals in this where I'm just like, you know, I wish I didn't really see that. That's really creepy. That's really weird. Um, the fucking head thing. That thing. Yeah, <laughs> the thing that comes out of his head is probably one of the most disturbing things I've seen in a, a while. Gland. I just didn't like looking at it. It's I mean, it's it, gnarly. I think it's supposed to resemble a penis. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. And it acts the like it too. It does. And it's yeah. like it like wants to be like. Um, yeah, I don't a know. Penis. Like, um, <laughs> it, it's a very strange movie. It's weird, and it's gonna be a lot of fun breaking it down. Would I watch this again? Probably not. But at the same time, it's like I will. I, I appreciate <laughs> that this movie. I know exists. why. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's over sexualized for sure as well. Um, Barbara does a great job, though. She she's amazing in this. Um, well, we'll talk about the ending, but what she does with like the laughter at the end oh, is my favorite fantastic. scene in this movie. Yeah, uh, by far is like Great. one of the best things I've seen in a long time, and I'm happy that was the end of the movie because I feel like it kind of like gave it the little bow at the end of like this is the wrap up, and I'm like okay, I'll give this movie some credit because of that scene alone. Yeah, and that's literally like 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, it's mm. a quick. One. Uh, but like what you said, practical effects they look amazing. Uh, creature design, I'm always for it. I love like the thing and stuff like that. And this is very much the thing esque type of movie. And yeah, it's part yeah, of the the body give, like the body horror trio. Yeah, I the feel body like. horror is crazy in this. Yeah, it's yeah. gnarly, and I, I I think I used the word gnarly. Several times in my notes, and I'm just like, "Yeah, this is just a weird visual that I'm watching, and I don't even know how to feel about it." But at the same time, Barkley, this is how I'm supposed (laughs) to be feeling, right? That's the purpose of this movie. Yeah, this movie was not made for you to feel comfortable. Yeah, like this is you know, like it definitely was achieved to make you feel uncomfortable. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the not the opposite side of you guys, but I, I am. I don't love this movie. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I think this movie's good, and I, I think I do. I do enjoy it because it is a product of the '80s, and it is, a, a, in my opinion, a very important body horror film. And um, it, it's it. I'll 
I'll explain why the sexualized aspects are right. in this film. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it 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 makes it makes it very interesting, and and I think it goes into kind of like a PSA of how to have consensual sex initially. Interesting take. Yeah. Um, be, but I don't know. I, I feel like I, it's an interesting movie. It yeah. is a very interesting movie. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I do, I don't, I'm not in love with this movie. I don't watch this movie crazy often. I've, right. I, this is maybe my fourth time seeing it. Um, and even then, like I forgot so much aspects behind it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, I forgot so much, but it's a weird fucking movie. I'll say this though, uh, Jeffrey Combs, even though his like acting is not the greatest, he never is. But he's, he's such a delight. Yeah, <laughs> he's very enthusiastic and he's very charismatic. But at the same time, he plays just a great crazy guy. He does. And I'm a big fan of the Frighteners. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Of it's course. like ten years after this one, and that's literally like one of my favorite horror films of all time too. It's like wow. pretty up there. I wouldn't say top ten, but maybe in the top twenty five because it's so like nostalgic for me because I watched it pretty much earlier on in my like childhood or like in my teens movie's hilarious too it it is hilarious it has (laughs) some great moments in it and she just plays a wacky character and that's what i saw in this movie and i was like damn they really typecast him as like just this wacky crazy scientist type dude him or a detective reanimator yeah he's just crazy off the walls like he's he's bonkers and i feel like he plays that character very well yeah yeah i think i i agree with that yeah i definitely agree with that but let's let's jump into the pliznots From Beyond, directed by Stuart Gordon, and it's interesting. Stuart Gordon, I do consider very much in the realm of body horror, one of uh, one of the greats with body horror. But this is also a production by Brian Usna. Now, Brian Usna is a very fascinating dude. He hasn't made great films, I would say, um, but he very he is the only person I know who in, in the eighties besides Cronenberg. Who was just like, yeah, let's fucking take it there. Like, <laughs> like, let's just go. He made a movie called Society. He's made The Dentist. Oh. Um, Society's bonkers. I've heard of Society. Uh, yeah, I've seen it multiple times. And it, that's my go-to movie when someone's like, I want to watch something super fucked up. I'm like, Society from like the Damn. 1980s. Like uh, 1989, I think, is when Society came <laughs> out. But, um, but yeah, so... Released on October 24th of 1986. Runtime of one hour and 42 minutes. Technically... The internet says it's one hour and 30 minutes. My version was one hour and 42. Interesting. So when I looked online, it said 135. When I watched it, it was 137. What the hell? What what was yours? Uh, Mine was, well, I saw it on something called Pluto TV. Me too. So it was like an hour 45, but it had the hour 45 in part with the commercials that they showed. Interesting. Well, that's weird because I also watched it on Pluto I did with too. ads and it said 137. I watched it with on Pluto ads. as well yeah. and with ads and mine was 142. So maybe, maybe we the had, movie is the different amount <laughs> of ads. That, that makes sense. It's, yeah. a, it's a, yeah, an hour different 25, an hour 30 uh, yeah. and we had different ads. We had different ads probably, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, one hour and 30 minutes. We'll coin it at that. A budget of $4.5 million with a box office mm. of $1.2 million and a rating of 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. Not bad at all. And quite a surprising score, in my opinion. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to add uh, maybe uh, with about 20 minutes left, I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score and I was like, oh, wow, I'm very wrong about this film, apparently. Well, <laughs> what makes it interesting is that, like, uh, ten years after this, we got in the mouth of madness, yeah. which is also bananas. But 
that got 59% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes versus this one 10 years prior. So I'm, like, I'm very curious on what that shift was. And I honestly, I think it was the resurgence of the slasher boom. But very curious on what that um, that whole thing was. You don't was. think it was that lingerie suit? No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> well, it's very interesting, too, because on Rotten Tomatoes, it's only 18 reviews. So it's not a lot. No. So it's Can't curious. be certified fresh. We open to Dr. Crawford Tillagast setting up a plethora of computational machinery. He p- paces around the room, activating a machine in the middle of the room, glowing with purple lights. And I was like, bro, got them hue lights fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Crawford sees a floating alien worm-like creature. It clamps down on his face. He struggles to get it away from him. Turning the machine off, the worm then disappears. He runs downstairs, knocking on his colleagues uh, or boss. Dr. Edward Petrosis, um's door. Edward she, uh, yells for him to go away. Um, Crawford shouts that the resonator is working. He opens the door, not quickly believing Crawford. He continues that it worked uh, from a new program. They um, head upstairs together, Edward turning on the machine. He starts feeling the power behind the machine take over him, Crawford noticing it's malfunctioning. He tells Edward to shut it off, but Edward shouts that he wants to see more. The windows begin to break around um, around the room as the room fills with a color from space. I like this opening. I think this opening is 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 I do too. very telling on yeah. like who we're kind of dealing with here. Now, I can understand on how like you could be very confused about the sexual stuff because you're just like, all right, what, what the fuck? Like this would have been a perfect time to let us know that oh. This machine makes you super horny. Like, <laughs> like this would this would have been the time I feel like to set that up instead of later. So I straight up did not get that until this moment that that machine does. I mean, I guess I did, but like, why? You know? Like, well, so right. so that's the. I'll explain. It I guess I'm kind of putting two and two together now that you say that because it has a uh, reaction with unlocking a portion of your brain and in return that right. makes you. Super horny, apparently. Well, uh, it's it's the portion of your brain. It's the feels it's euphoria. the pineal gland. Yeah. It is it literally is the area for your libido. Oh, okay. Then yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So and it stimulates it, which also stimulates them sexually as well. Gotcha. Okay. But it it mainly was to open up their sixth sense. Yes, and right. that what is is what I honed in on. But like literally, you saying that is like a light bulb moment for right. me. I'm like that explains everything as we go into it. That explains explains the slight arm grabbing when they right. all turn the machine on together and so on that we'll get to. Yeah. And through creating this, it makes sense why when you have Edward first appear, he's in a silk robe and putting it on and why he was such a... Fucking sleaze. Yeah. So <laughs> that was probably the missing piece of the puzzle that I needed. Does the film tell you that or did I miss it? Kind of. They imply uh, it. They imply it. Yeah. yeah, they imply it. Um, they even kind of talk about it's like, oh yeah, the overstimulation is a big factor, and it's like you'll never know how stimulated you'll be when we connect our minds. That's the ultimate pleasure. Yeah, where it doesn't even become a sexual thing; it becomes like a unity thing. And I was like, oh damn, that goes deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did catch that from beyond. <laughs> Cut to a woman complaining on the phone to the police. Them hanging up on her. Messed up. Her dog jumps out of the window, yelling for the dog, um, and she's yelling for the dog. She goes over to the doctor's gate. Her dog running towards the house. She opens the gate, whispering for her dog to come back. The door is open, and she nervously lets herself inside. Shout out to the six 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 on the address on the house. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> this isn't the first time Stuart Gordon has done this. He did this as well in Reanimator when it was on the post-it note of him looking for a roommate. 
his fucking thing I with think I remember that. as well. Yeah. So he, he definitely likes his Easter eggs to be right in your face. Um, her dog, Bunny, starts barking and whimpering from upstairs. She follows the dog, hearing the clattering and the shouting in the attic. She finds Bunny scratching at the door, picking it up Im- immediately. Don't know if it's a boy or girl. An axe smashing through the through the door from the other side. I love this woman. She's like screaming bloody murder. And she's like trying to run, but Crawford like dips in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love it. So good. The woman dropping her dog, screaming for help as Crawford runs past her. He runs outside, the cops pulling up and arresting him. The woman remembering her dog inside the house. Me, I don't know why they arrested him right away. Right. I thought the exact, exact. same thing. Yeah. Like yeah. he was being chased by this woman. Right. They should have handcuffed her. <laughs> I was very upset by this. She's one with the dog. <laughs> but again, again, this is uh, this is movies from the eighties, right? Like yeah. it's it's we're not supposed to question it. Exactly, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's just there to for you to understand what is happening, right? Like, I feel like I feel like in the eighties, like no one understood cops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, what does a cop do? They they arrest everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Bunny is upstairs licking and eating um, at the missing head from Edward's body. Uh, Brian using the title sequence comes up next. I gotta Fuck add, yeah. I love the. The way the decapitation looks, it's like yeah, twisted. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it looks like a snow cone. I was gonna say, or like a Sunday, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like it, and it does, <laughs> though, right? Sick. <laughs> it totally yeah, did. Yeah, totally I mean, I got hungry when I saw it. <laughs> Yeah, blame you. <laughs> Transition to Dr. Block. I think that's how you say her name. Pronounce it, at least. Uh, walking down the medical hall, introduced to Jordan Fields from the DA's office and Dr. Catherine McMichaels. Block claims that she uh, read Catherine's work, Catherine giving thanks, but disagreeing how they uh, treat schizophrenic patients. Block throws shade on her treatment. Damn, like, quit the quickness. She was like, yeah, you lock people up and you test them. And she's like, right. damn, so like, I'm okay. okay. Well, it's a good character introduction. It's like what kind of reputation she has as a person. It's like right. she's not Very too afraid to like go over the limits of where people right. will go. Exactly. I'll say this because this conversation, this setup, the next scene kind of bothers me, but we'll get there. Fair yeah. Enough. Jordan explains the reasons why Dr. McMichaels is there. Um, Block takes her through the doors, but stopping her so a staff can uh, take her things. They begin walking down the hall, Catherine overhearing patients whispering for help and sobbing. She views one through a door, startled by another, then viewing another vigorously masturbating. Disgusted, Block calls her over to come see Crawford. Crawford immediately gets up from the floor, Block introducing Catherine. They chat a moment about Crawford's work and his relationship with Edward. He tells her about their experiment about the penile gland that Edward uh, thought was a dormant organ, calling it a sixth sense. Catherine goes along claiming that this isn't a a new theory. Crawford um, shouts that is is a – excuse me. Crawford shouts that it is a fact. Catherine asking if their experiment worked, asking what went wrong. He tells her about the creature that they saw swimming around in the air. She asks if they're if they're around them now. He claims that they are, but you can't see them without the resonator. And he's like all types of freaked out, right? Like he yeah. like he's yeah. he's speaking very quickly, very nervously, very anxious. He's super horny. He's never been before. And he can't explain what this feeling is. I don't know what I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so many emotions. Um, I do want to add. So yeah. I, I did mention that there was a scene that kind of bothered me and it kind of took me out of it. Um, but when is it? You said Dr. Blotch, right? Block. Block. I think right. it is. Well, Dr. Block. Yeah. Dr. Block and Dr. Catherine are walking through the hall, right? And it seems like they're both familiar with working with 
schizophrenic patients. Yeah. So it seemed kind of odd that uh, Dr. Catherine was walking down the hall and just kind of mesmerized by the patients there. Um, because it seems like she's familiar with these types of patients. And later on, we learned that she even has family history with it. Uh, so for me, it took it took me out of the moment where I'm like, well, you're a doctor. Why are you like... Why are you shocked yeah. by this? Right, and yeah, and also from Dr. Block's perspective, and I feel like this would be on brand for her character, um, due to these people's privacy and the privacy that needs to be upheld at hospitals, like why are you letting her just kind of go and yeah, look into people's rooms and stuff, because right? Because she's a doctor? Like, exactly. <laughs> but because then I, it's the 80s? Uh, I don't and, know. And, and honestly, that's my excuse for any uh, 80s right, movie watch. Like, oh, the please. 80s. Right? Uh, but also, I do understand that this sets something up, right? It kind of shows how Dr. Catherine can respond to someone masturbating in a room right. like when she looks in because she's kind of freaked out by it, right? right? And that setup is needed for later on to show how out of character it is, it is, is. for her to, right. to do what she does later in the film. Absolutely. Adding that they can't see them either, he continues that um, he had to destroy the reg- resonator. Meanwhile, Block grips the door handle, Crawford continuing that it aid edward biting off his head block calls the or the orderlies then pulling crawford away as he screams that he saw it the two doctors head out of the room block discussing that crawford continues returning to this fantasy catherine cuts her cuts her off um suggesting that they do a, a cat scan on him block is confused as to why but catherine insists that there is always more to see Cut to Crawford on a CT table, pleading with Catherine for him not um, having to deal with machines. She assures him that he'll be all right as the orderly strap him in. And he's like, this doesn't sound like he'll be all right. <laughs> right <laughs> Catherine yeah. walks back to the computers with Block, Crawford screaming and sobbing no. Catherine turns on the scans, analyzing his brain. She notices something. Block calling it a tumor, but Catherine dis- disagreeing, suggesting that it's his penile gland growing, commenting that Crawford and Edwards' experiment does stimulate the gland. Jordan is, t- is trying to make sense of it all, reminding her that they need, they need to know what happened to Edward. She shares that she wants to recreate the experiment and that she needs Crawford, um, but Block disagrees, um, then, then demonizing her for her methods. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Catherine lets, her, let, uh, Catherine lets, him, lets him know that she can give Crawford's life back by recreating the experiment and find out what happened to Edward. Jordan shares that he has nothing, claiming that there, there was no blood at the scene, continuing that he wants, he wants to know what happened up th- what happened up there agreeing to Catherine's suggestion cut to Crawford um, coming out of the facility Catherine sharing that that he is her patient now he gives his thanks letting her know that he'll make an appointment and I love this how she's like I'm just gonna go about my day uh, <laughs> and it doesn't seem like he was there long right yeah. like he still he still has the bandage it's still like his blood clothes. on there his clothes are still on yeah, he was like probably there for like a day days. or two yeah um, I gotta add yeah so cause I, I feel like I kinda had to explain myself because I introduce myself by stating I have problems with this film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the ability to just kind of um, hand over people's free will arms. in yeah. this film is is just, just all, all over the place. Like, yeah. Especially later on in the film, it's like, you're under my custody now just because I said so and stuff. It's like, no, that was like you're just like going to let him go because, you know, he's a murder like suspect. He's like, yeah, you can you, you can have him. Yeah. Not only it's that, but, but it's like, again, like Freddie just said, he's no a suspect. No, like, nothing. he's he's innocent until proven guilty. Right? Right. right. If he's a murder suspect, too, they don't put him in restraints or anything. They just let him like do whatever he wants in the way. Yeah. Well, so I mean, they, they, like, they send the cop with him. Yeah. But yeah. 
but he like, is I, a murder suspect who oh, no, could I, potentially kill you. I completely understand. And he's like, yeah, I'll sit in the middle of the car. It's cool. Yeah, like I, I completely understand. Like that, like, what? that is, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely odd for sure. But you know I think, why, right? I th- huh? You know why this is all th- a thing, right? Why? It's the eighties. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but th- I feel like also too the main reason why he has th- that type of reaction um, is based off of one they don't have any evidence that he did yeah. this like even though even though yes he's a p- potentially a murder suspect there was no blood yeah yeah and that was like the main thing that they were just like there was no blood there there was his prints on the resonator and on the axe but there's no blood on the axe yeah the axe wasn't used as a murder weapon right and they couldn't find his head so like that's why they're all like you know puzzled by everything to the point where it's just like fuck fucking figure it out like you yeah. know this is weird i don't want to touch it like but this is weird <laughs> at the same time but can, no i, can I, he, I totally get what you yeah mean. can he be hospitalized against his will right I mean, technically, in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> the 80s, yeah. <laughs> that answer works. Why is this all happening? Oh, it's the 80s. Well, oh, okay, I mean, okay. I mean, okay. Like, let's let's take it take it back a bit here. Because um, when was Reagan president? The 80s. It definitely was the 80s, but I think it was I think he was president in, in the 80s. I think it was in 86, right? Uh, Reagan, I'm going to look this up. I don't know. That was like 100 years ago. (laughs) It was 81. So Reagan was president in 81. The reason why we don't have these facilities anymore is because of Reagan. Gotcha. So Reagan, that was then that was something that most of these facilities could do. And we saw it very much in Jacob's Ladder, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Where these facilities, if you are deemed crazy, they can hold you against your will. Okay, in that case, that's my age showing, right. me being a millennial, because I literally think these are normal hospitals, right? No, and yeah, I they're definitely not. It's just a product of my age of not understanding, because I'm sure there's people that you know, were born before the 90s, like right. me, that are probably thinking, what a dummy, how does he not get this? But thank you, Prince. I actually never knew that. I never yeah. knew that was an actual thing. I literally thought that was a product of film. Yeah, no, no, no. So yeah. like that that legit was there because that's that's how it was. Damn. Yeah. That's that just how sucks. it was. Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. It was horrible. And and he took he took away those facilities, which is why we have such a crisis with homeless. Mm. And why so many people are just walking around just fucking dazed out of their mind. That's why I come to this podcast to get schooled. That is why. <laughs> <laughs> she shares that he is released in her custody, letting him know that she will be taking him back to Edward's house. They stop walking her, telling him that she wants she wants him to recreate the experiment. He tells her no. She gives him an ultimatum, sharing that she wants she wants to know what he saw. They leave out of the facility. The couple are greeted by a man uh, coming to, out of the van and mixing the two up. Catherine introduces himself. And I was like, oh, damn, bro, what the fuck? Like, he's mixed up this, this one. Come on, man. Should I know. be a doctor? I know. Uh, <laughs> Catherine introduces themselves to the man um, named Bubba Brownlee, who's the cop who will be taking care of them. We jump to, uh, to them, making it back to the house, Bubba unlocking the uh, gate to the property. I have huge problems with Bubba. And I will explain later. Crawford has now. nervous stares at uh, um, Crawford has nervous stares at, at the house and the street name Benevolent Street. Once again, just the not so subtle Easter eggs. Very pretty street name. It is very pretty. <laughs> very benevolent. Uh, Catherine looking at the sign Petrus Foundation. 
uh, Crawford tries to get out of the van, but the door won't budge. Bubba sarcastically apologizes about childproofing the lock, then um, opens the door, getting out, getting inside. Um, Catherine drives slowly towards the house, Crawford intently staring at the um, at its ominous presence. They get out of the car. Bubba grabbing things out of the trunk. Catherine is at the door, asking for Crawford to show them around the property. He continues to gaze at the building in fear. She shares that the only way to truly free himself is to go back into the house. The fuck it is. <laughs> Crawford begins to slowly walk towards the door, then stopping. Bubba assuring him that there isn't anything to be afraid of, then heads inside. Crawford and Catherine following close behind. They look around, Bubba about to give off a quote-unquote dojizo before falling over cables. Crawford shares that they were re- that um, they rewired the whole house. Catherine flickering the light switch, asking him where the uh, breakers are. No answer. They lost them. And now she's like, dude's gone. And it was just, I don't know, if I were Bubba and then I was like, oh, fuck. God. And that's pretty much how it was. He was like, God damn it. Like, she is about to start looking for him, but Bubba suggests that they need to get the power on first because Crawford knows the house better than them. Smart move. Cut to Bubba and Catherine in the basement, finding the power to the house. They notice the cables stretching downstairs and rush back up. She hears a woman crying in the voice of Edward. And I was just saying, like, how fast did Bubba run into that room, turn on this TV, start this homemade porn? And she was like, she's like right behind him. Like, did he just like, like, I picture like, him just like looking, came up there. looking back at her, just like, hee! Just, like just running as fast as he can. I mean, yeah, it, you know why? Because <laughs> the eighties. Yeah, people were faster in the eighties. That's true. People <laughs> That's are true. faster in the eighties. Black people are faster in the eighties. Got it. <laughs> um, she follows the sound into the room filled with the sadomastic. Um, sadomastic. Ma- oh my god. <gasps> you can do it. God damn it. Sadomasochistic machinery. He did it, folks. I did it, everybody. He did it. I did it. Um, and this stuff is crazy. Like it, it's wild because it's just. When you see that, it made me. At first, I did, when I first saw this, I was just like, "Whose room is this? Is this Edward's room or is this uh, uh, Crawford's room?" Right. It seems very out of place too. That's like, interesting. Yeah, that's I've, crazy. I very much went towards Edward right when I saw it. Well, because Edward's a sleaze. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say this because you don't know he's a sleaze right away, right? But I'm not gonna lie. Right when I saw him, right when I saw him open the door, I was like, "Ooh, that black silky robe makes me uncomfortable." Oh, <laughs> and wow. I was like, "Fair enough." He must be a perv, sure. you know. Um, we don't want to kink shame. But, no, 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 of course but, not. Yeah, but, but like I, I, I get what you mean because it, it definitely did seem out of like, not out of character, but out of place. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, That's this what is it something was. I did not expect. Like right. to be in this movie is like, oh, whoa, yeah, where's this movie going? I, I went into the film not knowing a thing, but Same. since since you explained to me why that reaction in unlocking that portion of the brain right. does so, I immediately started thinking as you were going through the, the plot, like, oh, I'm starting to understand this movie now because right. I'm going through it in my mind and I, I need to give it a lot more credit. Right. Because yeah. it was my bad for not for missing that crucial piece of information. I feel like that was the key I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh because we'll get to the scenes, but I want to comment on it when it arises. But I had a very negative reaction when I watched it, but now in retrospect, I you're, you're getting a, a, a different type of perspective. Exactly, exactly. And, and I actually think it's the pacing is actually well done. Yeah, and the big thing I too, agree. we get a little like context clues. It's like, oh, this is kind of like part of his research in a way too of how to simulate that part of the brain is yeah. through different like exotic sexual acts and stuff like that. Well, I from that we'll learn later on what Edward is doing in just the next couple lines because right. Bubba's going to let us know but 
um, I think that's a product of his research and experimentations, exactly. and it yeah. makes him pursue it even more, right? Right, and it also because I mean, he he also wants to pursue his own pleasures too, exactly, right? Because right? like, right? like, most people machine, do. I don't think that was his intentions of the machine. I don't exactly. think his intentions of the machine were to like it amplifies like, it. I'm trying to fuck. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think his, his his whole intentions of the machine was to try to see if it can you know open up something else. Yeah. Right, and, and it amplifies those pre-existing desires, exactly. right? Um, so it's very interesting, and it makes a lot more sense because it, it gets to the point where he wants the ultimate pleasure, which is right. merging minds. Right. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Get in my mind. Bubba is watching one of Edward's videos showing him whipping a half-nude woman and whipping her hard. She's not enjoying this. Catherine notices that it is Edward turning off the video, telling Bubba that she doesn't care about his private life. Meanwhile, Crawford is in the attic, axe in hand, hiding in the shadows. Bubba and Catherine head upstairs, seeing the room with the resonator. Crawford emerges from the shadows, about to pulverize the machine, but Bubba stops him. I don't know why he waited to do this when they came. That's 80s acting. That is, yeah. I'm, yeah, like, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm like, that's very much a product of acting 100%. Of the time. Like, yeah. it was just like, it's bro, you're, you're up there fucking go ham on act. this thing like yeah. what are you what are you doing like but if you would have just started going ham on it they would have just heard you and come exactly up anyway. but it's for the purpose of the audience to be of like oh he's like oh my god he's gonna kill them yeah exactly i'm trying to kill the resonator yeah don't you see <laughs> <laughs> it's very cheesy but i do kind of like it at the same I time i love it so okay i love this shit yeah no i gotta preface I love this, this shit because i went in like I do with most films that we watch for the show, blind, right? Yeah. I went in not knowing anything. Um, and I think if I knew, I didn't even know it was an 80s film until I started watching it. Um, if I think I knew that and I kind of like prepped myself for that, I would have appreciated it and liked it a lot more. I think it's just going in so blind, I just had no idea what this was going to be. Sure. And yeah. I think that's why I'm a little harder on now, it. I feel like just being like, you know, you being the horror virgin, going deep diving into this. Yes, yeah, especially uncomfortable thing. being like, the horror no, virgin. It, it, so. <laughs> no, it, it's a very chaotic movie and it has crazy stuff and visuals and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's a very, and I hate to say, we've been saying it a lot, it's a very, very, very 80s movie. And even with the score, I love the score. It reminds me oh of my so God, many old score movies. Is beautiful. And yeah. even this, it, it kind of reminded me a little so bit of um, Bateman and uh, American Psycho a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this is kind of like, uh, or I guess American Psycho is kind of like a little bit of a nod to this. Yeah. Or how it feels like it. But it's definitely the, a trope yeah. that we see a lot. Yeah. And I, I very much it. enjoyed okay the aspects it. of this. And I, I do like this scene a lot because I, I, I do like how, how silly it is. Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do really enjoy this scene. Um, he explains that that's where he hit, that's where he hit it and he knocked one of the forks off. She tells Bubba to let him go. He's hesitant, but, um, lets Crawford go. And I love how he's just like, you, are you, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> like I got two of two of you? <laughs> Crawford inspects the area, picking up the piece of the broken machine looking down at the outline chalk, commenting that's uh, where it ate Edward. Catherine empathizes that they can start tomorrow morning. He bluntly says that they already started moving down um, to pick up the fork uh, from the resonator. Bubba comments that he's hungry. He's like, all this talking about e eating, making me hungry, suggesting that they need to take a break and grab some dinner. Cut the Bubba places some food on the plate. I don't know what the yeah. fuck that was. Okay, damn it. I think I'm it was supposed to be like shepherd's pie. I was so excited to come to the podcast tonight, knowing that you guys would know what I don't know what that because I had no idea what was. meatball uh, mashed potatoes. Yeah, was, I, that's what I thought. I thought it was half. <laughs> like, yeah, it had like stew half bottom, chicken, like, half mashed potatos. He gave himself like four pieces though. Yeah, I know. Uh, 
Well, he's a fo- he used I to be a football that. player. That's true. <laughs> they used to call me Tackler Brown. Like uh, Crawford looks around the attic, admiring Catherine, moving closer towards him. Um, Bubba. <laughs> Bubba and him begin talking about how pretty she is. That was so creepy. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Like, that like, shit makes like, me uncomfortable. She's like totally asleep, and like he just goes up to her and just like staring at her, and like I I get it. That is a product of the era. Like that is a product yeah. of the yeah. era. But this is why I say I get it because um he experienced Crawford, yeah. he experienced the resonator being on already. Yeah. So therefore, his penile gland already started, as we heard er- earlier. Exactly. So the gland is already protruding out. So he already has these kind of hyperactive sexual thoughts already. Yeah, and that's yeah. why he has that creepy look on his face. Right. When he, and Bubba is actually, I think, reacting as like a sergeant would be like, I got to watch for you. I got to put you kind of in check to be like, hey, do you realize... Boundaries, the bound, or like the, what it, you're making this seem like right now, right? Um, but I think at the same time he was also he was also like, I mean, yeah, she's pretty hot, right? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Like he agreed with him, yeah, but like he definitely did kind of let him know, like, but him know check. your place, kind yeah. of thing. Crawford sharing stories about how Edward would bring women up there, um, starting friendly, but them ending in screams. Bubba comments, and that was just like that whole. Th- transition there just turn things like completely just like fuck yeah like how like because you never really thought about it. when you see that video you don't think about how crawford probably felt in that moment to be in the house listening to that yeah so it's interesting because um when he explained this because i thought with the context of the porn uh that crawford made right with that woman i at this moment of dialogue i don't see it as I see it as Crawford thinking like women were doing things against their will but I thought it was just um with the type of sex they were having right um but I didn't see it as well the ending is what makes me think about that got it. He, when yeah. he's talking to, when he's talking to Edward you're just like you caused pain you didn't cause pleasure got you got you because yeah. um I thought Crawford was just unaware of like the type of sexual sexual play that was going on sure. upstairs, right? Sure. And the video gives us the context of like, oh, that's why women were screaming, right? But it's interesting, right? Because now, now that I have that that key of knowing, like he was hyper horny, right. uh, he was pushing the boundaries of what types of pleasures he could pursue with these right. women, and who knows how he first got them there, but also to the point of like, you know, having them. Fulfill whatever sexual fantasy. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of similarities with uh, Catherine in that regards because she pushes the boundaries with her subjects and tests them over the top too. So they both have different types of research that they go through, but at the same time they go through like crossing that border, crossing their, that their line. Practices are very unorthodox. Unorthodox. unorthodox yeah. yeah. Bubba comments that he was crazy, but Crawford rebuttals that he was a genius. But the five senses weren't enough. Catherine wakes up asking if they were if they are ready, Crawford agreeing that they are. They head over to the machine, Crawford letting them know that they um, will have to operate the resonator. He tells them to, to not move during the vibration so it, it won't see them. Bubba's confused. Catherine excited, but um, Crawford re- reiterates for them to stay still. He cautiously turns on the machine. Wind blowing, lights flashing, Bubba not impressed. Um, their heads begin to seem like it is spiraling Catherine grabbing onto Crawford's arm and it seems like they're in pain at first but they're receiving pleasure it's yeah. in this and it's moment so interesting makes so much more sense to me now because this was the moment where I was like 
oh no, this movie's horny. <laughs> this movie's <laughs> horny just for the sake of being horny. But I get it now because right. I was when you have that moment where um, Catherine puts her arm on Crawford and kind of mm-hmm. squeezes tight. I'm like, don't do this to the protagonist. Like, right. let her be like uh, her own strong uh, female lead without having to fall in love with one of the male uh, cast. Yeah. yeah. So, but it makes sense now because I was like, this is what they're going to do. Right. But it's, and me, you know, reiterating what I, I mean, trying to retroactively change what I said, the pacing is actually good. Right. Because it's, it starts small. It starts with a slight arm touch and then Crawford going like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. That feels nice. <laughs> and then yeah. they're both kind of in the moment and, they're I get it now. It. Yeah. yeah, I get it now because it's like it's 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 slow foreplay, right? Right. You're exactly. just enjoying it, and it's sensual. Mm. So I get it. Now. I like to say it's square dancing. They look <laughs> intensely at each other while Bubba notices uh, the being swimming in the air. He goes over to them, Crawford screaming for, for him to not move. It clamps to his arm, Bubba ripping it off. Crawford uh, confirms that they see these things all around them to Catherine. She goes over to check on Bubba, Crawford reminding them about about um, the movement. She asks how far does the field extend, Crawford going over, uh, going over to turn the machine off. He stops when he hears the voice of Edward calling to him. Edward appears from the shadows, welcoming Crawford um, home and then asking about Catherine. Crawford is, is um, Crawford, excuse me, Crawford is in awe, Catherine confirming that that is in fact Edward. He asks for Crawford to bring Catherine to him, but he tells Edward that she, um, he saw him die. Edward corrects him, saying that he just saw him pass beyond, calling it wonderful. He, t- he then asks for Catherine to come over closer again, Crawford stepping in front of her. He asks Edward how he sur- how did he survive, Edward sharing that it is uh, um, that he is the master in there. Um, Crawford questions if it is really him. He tells Crawford to touch him if it pleases and um, helps him understand. And it's so interesting, the verbiage that he uses for that. Yeah. Crawford slowly moves towards him, hand extended out, touching his shoulder and Edward's body molding inward like clay. Edward bursts in, out into laughter, saying that it is just a body, then proceeds to rip off his skin of his face, claiming that his mind is indivisible. Concluding that bodies change, these tentacles start to extend out of his face. His head splitting open. Bubba um, begins shooting him. Fuck yeah, Bubba! Edward's <laughs> um, head exploding um, with a larger tentacle coming towards them. Crawford turns off the resonator and he's gone. This looks fucking great. Yeah, it's I so have to cool. agree. This looks yeah. great. It's really, really cool. Wow. Um. Okay. Again, I need to be schooled. How does he pass over to the other side? I think it's his mind, right? Yeah, like what I mean. I think that's the point of the head ripping off that's because what I the thought. head rips off of Crawford later. Yeah, and I think the you, they need the physical brain to pass on pass to on, the next, which is why we see later yeah. of uh, Catherine eating a brain. Catherine does, yeah, or. No, no, Crawford no, 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 does. Crawford. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, did I miss that? That's yeah, a big no, no. thing Crawford. too. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm getting schooled. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bubba is trying to get his bearings, but runs over to throw up. We jump to Catherine making breakfast, saying that she feels exhilarated. <laughs> she's just so 
stoked. It was so gross how the like the egg just oozes out of the shell. It's like <laughs> Crawford comments that uh, they almost died, but she ignores the statement, continuing speaking about the uh, creature that is now Edward. He agrees, but mentions that it is uh, it has Edward's mind. She shares the good news that he isn't cra- he isn't crazy because they saw the same thing. She lets him know that. Um, that he saved their lives by facing his fear. They are about to have an intimate moment, but Bubba comes in agreeing with her statements. She excitedly asks if if um, he would like some breakfast. Bubba is still recovering from last night, so he denies it. She comments that she needs to uh, record the results, letting them know that the penile gland uh, was being stimulated. She wonders if there is a relation with this in schizophrenia. Bubba um, questions about the statistics um, from an erection the machine caused to give him. So, oh, I thought he was talking about Edward's hard on. No, he was he talking about his own. His yeah, hard yeah. On. Okay, so these are the moments that I miss where it kind of puts the pieces in together. So this is all just my bad. <laughs> say, shout out to Bubba. He knows exactly what's going on, and he knows what to do. Shout out to who? Uh, Bubba. Oh, Bubba. Oh, yeah. Dude, he, he's Bubba, a great character in this. Yeah, Bubba's. And they did him dirty. We'll talk about it. We will talk about yeah. that. She shares that the penile gland also improves the sex drive and possibly accompanies sexual stimulation. She quickly um, looks at Crawford, then away and to continue drinking her coffee. And she's like, "Like, I kind of like you." Um, and you start at this point. You start seeing the marking on Crawford's head. Yes. Yeah. Because, because they turned it red. on the second time, so it's starting. It's starting to be a lot more red. Bubba lets them know. Uh, that they learn um, what they came here. Excuse me. Bubba lets them know that they learned what they came here for. Um, Catherine let Catherine uh, claims claim. Blah. Ugh, I read the wrong line there. Catherine lets them know that they, they they have to try the experiment yet again. Both Bubba and Crawford are not keen on doing it again. And Crawford letting her know that he he saw how it got to Edward. And he doesn't want the same to happen to her. She claims that she wants to know more about Edward calling his resonator genius. But Bubba ain't having that shit. They argue for a moment until Crawford agrees, but on some conditions. He claims that they need to perform it in a different environment, somewhere controlled. Catherine fights back on this, saying that nobody knows the resonator better than he does. He frantically agrees, moving away from the table. Catherine follows him, continuing to uh, voice her mission. She tells him about her father, who spent 15 years in an institution, and he died there. He apologizes. She continues trying to convince him, asking for his help. Crawford chucks his mug saying that um that um he can't um help shatter her mind and I love how he shatters his mug to classify like this is your brain on drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the dare program <laughs> and the 80s. <laughs> Bubba agrees reminding them that he <laughs> Yeah. Bubba agrees reminding them that he is he's the law and this is um endangerment. Catherine diffuses the situation and suggesting for them to uh to rest. And it's just like fucking smart people always trying to save the world when the world don't mean, need saving. Transition to Catherine asleep, but waking up from this um, from some sort of headache. She sits up trying to shake it off, then looks up at the ceiling. She heads into the attic, admiring the resonator, then proceeds to, um, towards it. She touches it, getting the intense sensation in her head yet again. But she continues to touch the fork, moaning from the touch. Meanwhile. Crawford and Bubba are asleep, having some sort of dream. I say some sort of because it's a sexy dream. Uh, (laughs) Catherine turns on the resonator, starting at the glow of the purple and pink lights. She groans in pain, holding her head. Crawford, uh, Crawford's marking on his forehead begins to pulse. He wakes up, running into the attic. 
He tells her to turn it off. She tells him that uh, she needs to see and feel more. He tells her again, moving closer to her. She says no, um, then starts kissing him. He tries to pull away, but she brings him back in. He tells her that they have to stop, but they hear Edward telling them to not stop. She's like, don't stop. Uh, I need to explain to listeners that my hand is on my head because my brain has been unlocked. Just like the that. resonator unlocks their penile glands. I understand now. Now this movie yeah. makes sense. Now it makes sense to me, dude. I was so lost. Okay. I'm glad it makes sense. Because I was like, what the? Why is she, why is she, she doing, doing all that? And like, what's doing? going on? Why are you moaning on this fork? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dude, straight up, like, I, I'm going to probably rewatch this film. I think nice. you should. Yeah. yeah. I think you should. I did like... I think you would definitely like it a second time. I think so too. It's so funny because I got it and I'm like, eh, it's all right. It's an okay movie still. <laughs> no, I love when horny <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> the thing is, like, I just yes. didn't understand this horny. The horror version has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I love when horny makes sense. And it, it makes sense to me now. Me too. Fair enough. Fair enough. They turn to look at him, his body deformed in unimaginable, way, in unimaginable ways. He tells Crawford <laughs> that he's impressed, asking him if he realizes now what he creating or what he has created i do i do <laughs> crawford asks what he uh what he's become edward bluntly says myself uh catherine whispers to crawford to hit the switch while she d- uh, distracts him edward gr- uh, grabs her pulling her towards him crawford is about to hit the switch but edward sh- um shouts for him to not crawford tries to remind edward that he's human but that's not enough Edward shares that he's more than human, asking for him to join him. Crawford runs out of the attic, leaving uh, Catherine as Edward shouts that, they, um, that they'll that they be waiting for him. Bubba tackles him. They fall down the stairs. And I love how Bubba's just like in his undies and shit. And he's like, hey. Oh, like, course, yeah, yeah. Full football mode. Like, I'm going to tackle you. Full horny. <laughs> I was just like. Nice. <laughs> uh, Crawford yelling that he has to turn it off the circuit, the circuit breaking and turn and um, turning off the machine. Meanwhile, Edward is ripping off Catherine's clothes um, while going over his senses, and it's just whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whoa. I hated the scene. Me too. So this scene me. is very uncomfortable. Yeah, when I opened the episode saying this movie makes me uncomfortable, this was the scene. This that was the scene that you're talking about. Made me very uncomfortable. This is sure. my worst kind of horror. I think. I think. This is very telling on how Gordon sees his horror. Yeah. Because, like, we get this in Reanimator as well. Yeah. With the yeah. head wanting to use, like, touch her. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Other stuff. yeah. And it's just, it's very uncomfortable. It brought me back to that. Yeah. And, and I, and I, this is very telling on, on how this works. And I, and I'm, I'm very curious to talk to, uh, Barbara Crampton about these particular roles and how she felt in this predicament and things like that um because i'm I'm curious behind it like i mean it's a different time she was young yeah right so like you know she she definitely probably wouldn't do something as provocative as this now Mm -hmm. um and she probably doesn't have to because Mm -hmm. her name is already pretty much made but um i'm I'm curious because i I would love to like learn more about her history with the lake gordon and to just get her opinion on how 
things have changed and see, things like that. Because I'm, I'm, I am genuinely curious behind all of this because it, it is very provocative. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Like this is this is crossing so many lines. Like this is molestation right, that we're yes. watching on screen. That's what I put in my notes. Like this is straight, mo- yeah, molestation. And yeah. I, I hate seeing it. And especially it's even very like, uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's like I started thinking, it's like, oh man, this happens in real life. Sometimes men are the real monsters. Like my brain oh, was yeah. going are, off, and I was like, yo. And I was kind of like getting mad for no reason, but there was a reason. Uh, I was like, no, it's just a movie. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. tough scene. But I mean, at the same time, that's what it's going for. So it's like, again, this is okay. This is a lot harder to watch when I didn't understand what was actually happening. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that is fair. His fingers extend as he touches her, whispering that he will um, have to enjoy her in another way in another life. Bubba and Crawford make, uh, make it downstairs, a snake-like monster there to greet them. That thing looked terrifying. Bubba tells Crawford that he'll be right back, leaving him in the uh, uh, with the slithering creature. And I like he's he's just on the wall like, what the fuck yeah. do I do? Back in the attic, Catherine asking Edward what he's going to do to her. He sinisterly says that he's going to kiss her, his face violently transforming into another creature. Bubba grabs a chef's knife from the drawer in the kitchen, running it back down to, into the basement. Crawford jumps over the creature, Bubba stabbing it, um, but it doing nothing. As you can imagine, that was yeah, a big tried. fucking snake. He did try. Yeah. Crawford tries to get the switch, but falls back into the water and the creature clamping down onto him. Same goes for Catherine upstairs. Bubba tries to tries to help him, but the creature lifts him into the air, swallowing him deeper. Bubba p- pulls the um, plug to the breaker. The lights come on and the monster disappearing. Catherine is no longer being devoured. Crawford is now hairless um, and Bubba picking picking him up as he groans in pain. Catherine starts ripping the plugs off of the resonator as as she um, sobs. Cut to Catherine, providing some sort of cream onto Crawford's body. She apologizes that um, that she could not control it. Uh, or, excuse me, she apologizes thinking that she could control it. Bubba m- mentions that it is changing them, and not for the better. She agrees, commenting that she was wrong to turn it on with, with other people present. She's still like thinking, like, I still need to do this. Y'all just don't need to be here. Like, I need to do this myself. Continuing that she um, should have, that she should be the only person who runs the experiment. Bubba yells that this is suicide, but she continues to argue that she um, must do it um, herself. He tells her that she is acting like a junkie. She irritatedly tells him to just take Crawford and leave. He tells her to wrap, um, wrap him up as he gets the van ready. She rubs her head, then puts her um, hands in, in one of the bindings. In one of the bindings, inspecting it. Catherine continues inspecting and admiring all of the bondage tools, but realizes that she um, realizes what she's doing, then moves away. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then moves away. She she backs into a wardrobe, it opening some of the costumes. She rubs her face on it on it as she touches her breast. Then looks back at Crawford lying down. Bubba packs up the van and then heads back inside. Catherine has officially changed into the dominatrix garb. It's funny how she does all of this. And previously yeah. when Bubba went in there, he went in there in fucking 2.5 seconds. And now it's taking him five <laughs> fucking years to get back into that room. And now it's time for her to change. <laughs> Definitely enough. Putting on some lipstick as she licks her lips and admires herself in the mirror. She moves over to Crawford, slowly moving the covers down from her chest. She moves her he- her hand inside, touching him for a moment, then placing her fingers in her mouth. Now, some people may visualize this one as being another thing, but that is also another scene that made me extremely uncomfortable. For because sure. that is 100% 
another molestation scene. It totally <laughs> yep, is. It is. Like, yeah. that is completely without his consent. Yep. Like, that scene made me feel so uncomfortable. And I was just like, is she going to rape him? Yeah. When I, I thought, first well, I was like, yeah, wondering yeah, the same totally thing. Was. That is a very, very scary scene. Catherine gets on top of him. <clears throat> but Bubba comes into the room asking her what she's doing. And she was totally going to rape him. Oh, yeah. Like, that was yeah. like definitely was her intentions were right intention. there. Yeah. She looks back at him um, with a smile on her face, Bubba reminding her to get dressed. She tells him that she did, him letting her know um, what the vent. And it, it like, even though, like, yeah, this scene is very uncomfortable, this is like so much like, like positive female energy, though. It's just like, you know what? Yeah. Do you, boo? She right. was working get off of him. She was working that you? suit. Like, yeah. That's yeah. Like, funny. Yo, like, that was like, like, mad respect for that. I feel like that was a great line, too. It's like, I told you to change. Like, I did. I did. And it's just like, like oh, I mean, she I mean, did. Yeah, huh? yeah, like, she, she did. did. You know, Fair enough. She changed. Yeah. She, uh, she tells him that she did, him letting her know, um, uh, letting her know that the van is ready and she is going to go like that. And, and asking her if she's going to go like that. Catherine tells him no as she moves closer towards him, beginning to seduce him by seductively complimenting what he did to, um, did to the room. Meanwhile, in the basement, the wires are going haywire, somehow giving off a current to, to the breaker. Catherine tries to seduce Bubba with a kiss. He grabs her, forcing her to look at herself in the mirror, asking her if, if that is who she is. She begins to sob, saying that she doesn't know who she is. The, reson- the resonator switches back on. Crawford wakes up, noticing the resonator coming back on, warning them that Edward is, Edward is trying to start, um, start it from beyond. Now, I have a couple of theories with this of as to why he didn't give in to the seduction. Now, my theory is, since the penal gland is in your head, is that since he was a football player... Oh. He had multiple head injuries. Oh, okay. So I love that. I think he's not as affected by the resonator as they are to the point where he still felt advantages of his body doing things unwillingly, like having an erection. Yeah. But not to the point where he wants to sleep with um with I was gonna say Barbara. Catherine. Catherine. Yeah. Catherine. <laughs> um but and I, I, that's one of my theories behind is that since he was a football player, he that totally makes sense. Damaged that aspect of his brain a little bit further. I think that's a really good theory. Thanks, guys. Bubba runs into the attic trying to switch it off. It shocks, um, it shocks him until he falls back. He pulls out his gun. The electricity firing, um, firing the gun out of his hand. Croft, uh, Crawford and Catherine runs upstairs and swarm and swarm of something surround them. I don't know what it is. It's like a swarm of, like. Dookie beads. I don't know. Uh, Crawford <laughs> yells for him to use the axe. He grabs it, being shocked, ba- being shocked back, but then makes a connection with the wires. Um, but it doesn't work. Crawford and Catherine cower as the black beads be- continue to surround them. Bubba shines the light, staring at them, and then throws it. The light shining on them and the beads uh, and the beads swarming onto him. He screams in agony, falling to the ground. Crawford and Catherine try to come to his aid, and they are shocked back down to the ground. The swarm devours Bubba's skin to the bone before heading um, heading off of him. They run over. They run over to him as he gasps for, uh, from his wounds. Crawford embracing Catherine. Fucking hate this. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Now it's the trope. This, the sacrificial the, this, black guy. It's it's so many different tropes right here. Yeah. We got the sacrificial black dude. I hate and that, on top dude. of that, we got the fucking mystical Negro over here. Like, because here's the thing. Did he need to be in this movie? Fuck no. no. He did not need he, to be the cop to be the there. He was the sensible one. He's the one that had, like, all those great ideas. He's, he like, shot need- at it. He made all the sense. He was the main, like, 
character that actually like, yeah, I'm on his side always throughout this whole movie. The other ones are making stupid decisions. I get why, but this is the dude that actually knew stuff and he got well, killed in, for in, it. On top of that, with this Hate particular that. trope that this trope, obviously, thank God we don't see this trope that often now. But with this particular trope on you getting this aspect of the sacrificial negro and also him being the mystical guy of, of like like oh no don't fuck with that shit you know we got to get out of here but on top of that he's the guy who's just like you just met these people literally two days ago mm-hmm. yeah and you are putting your whole life on the line for them yep why yep fuck them yeah go call leave. for backup yep. and leave yeah. let them do what they need to do and you call for backup and do your fucking thing it's the 80s like, like you don't have 80s. to be here with these people. Yeah. Like, so, but you know, but I at the same time, like, it's just, this is just one of those things where it was a trope of this time and yep. it was a trope that lasted a little too long. Yep. But with that being said, I mean, Ken for a, to me, he still played his ass off in this role. Like, I yeah. think, I think Ken did a fantastic job, um, even though like it does fall a little flat in moments, but at the same time, I think, it, I think it works for his character, but it's just, damn, this fucking trope. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. I hate my goddamn gear. But anyway, he sees the deformity of the of Edward in those shadows of them both turning their attention to, uh, to him. Crawford groans in pain, holding his head. Edward appears tell uh, appears telling her to kiss, then realizing a tentacle to restrict her. Um, f- uh, th- excuse me, then releasing a tentacle to restrict her from grabbing an extinguisher. Crawford demands that he lets her go. Edward shares that he will let her go um, into his mind, and he will go uh, into hers, calling it the most pleasurable thing. Crawford shouts that the only that he only gave pain. He groans in pain, holding his head. Edward sharing that he's involving in, into a being that he has never that has never existed. Crawford repeats who he, uh, who he is to keep himself grounded, but Edward tells him that uh, tells him to let it happen and let it let it out. Crawford's head pulses, him screaming in pain until a tentacle pops out of his head. He starts seeing in strange colors, commenting on how beautiful it looks. Catherine, um, and it, it doesn't look that beautiful, right? Like, <laughs> like it's the 80s uh, like it's like it's just like yeah dude it just looks like predator vision <laughs> uh, it's so it's just so funny we're just like this is beautiful <laughs> whatever um Catherine, uh excuse me uh, he starts seeing strange colors, commenting on how beautiful it looks. Catherine asks, um, asks what it do, what he do to Crawford. He tells him that he awakened his penile gland and it, and um, and it did the rest. He pulls, he pulls her in. She grabs the extinguisher, using it to, on the resonator. Edward disappearing. She runs over to Crawford to check on him. I would have loved it if like Crawford would have disappeared too, and she would be like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> like, I honestly <laughs> expected that to be honest. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. It felt like he has like definitely made it through. Um but sorry guys, we are getting a lot of text messages. I know. Right now. <laughs> I see it pop up on my computer yeah. all like nonstop. And it's 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 actually quite serious of the text messages we're getting. So we'll we'll check on that when we're done. Um I'm I'm glad our uh, colleague is okay. Um but yeah, I would say read them if you if you have time. Uh, the resonator sparks back on um, Edward calling her a sexual slur as he returns be- behind her. She starts firing off the resonator again, laughing as she gets um, as she goes back to Crawford. Cut to Crawford on a on a gurney as Block is about to check uh, check his gland moving in his forehead. He startles. 
Um, it startles her as it pops out of her head. Her inspecting the odd gland. A nurse calls her because the police are there. The, because the police are there. Block comes into the room with Jordan and a distraught Catherine. He shares that Catherine has told him a wild story. Catherine interjects that she's been telling him the truth. He asks Block for her opinion on her medical state, but the doctor just insult, insults her and her appearance. It's like, who are you to judge? Yep. How dare you? Yep. Yep. How fucking I dare you? I totally agree with this. <laughs> commenting that she has made Crawford worse and almost killed him. Catherine commenting about um, the death of Bubba. Jordan can't, um, can't take it anymore. She yells that, she, that they need to destroy the machine. He yells about the DA. It's another thing about the thing that really upset me about Bubba is, or how the, uh, Bubba was treated. Why wasn't he worthy enough to get this experience? Right. That, True. Like, because with both um, Catherine and Crawford, fucking Edward wanted to bring them both right on in. Yeah. Come yeah. on in. And it was just like with, with, with Bubba, it was just like, Nah, dude, fuck you. We're going to kill you. Yeah. Like, the really swarm didn't hurt them at all. They didn't have any wounds on their bodies or anything from the swarm. None of that. But yet it fucking devoured him because he had a flashlight. Yeah. And it's just, ah, yeah. He yells that the DA is not, is not going to be happy about this, then tells Block that she's in, a, she's in her care now. I hate that. <laughs> you're in my care now. I hate no, that so much. No, you're in my care now. But again, you taught me why. You you're in my me. care. <laughs> um... Catherine yells yells for him to do this uh, to do this to her. Block commenting about her state will be will be upsetting for the other patients. Jordan allows her to do what she needs. Block with a um, block with a smile on her face, and she's just like, "I'm a fuck you up." Like, <laughs> <laughs> Catherine stops her, apologizing for her actions. About to mention um, getting back to the machine. Block cuts her off and tells the nurse to prepare Catherine for electrotherapy. Mm. The nurse doesn't agree, mentioning the policy of the of the hospital. Block yelling that the nurses are supposed to follow orders. I thought that was also very fucked up and mean. So I need to ask then. So with regards of these old hospitals that aren't around anymore, like. I mean, I'm sure because now that I know it, it's not a result of like film and this is like a somewhat real reality. I just need to say like this portion of the film of, of Dr. Block just being like, oh, I'm going to take it out on her now. Right. That really bothered me. Yeah, and oh, it took sure, me yeah. out of the moment because I was like, this is not realistic. This is not OK. They're not professionals. Exactly. They're just like doing and things they to do it. Totally did shit like this. Yeah. And then now that I'm thinking about what I do know from film from these old school hospitals. Yeah. Like this shit probably happened because because this is how mentally ill patients Sometimes can still be treated today. So, right. and just ten years prior to this, they used to perform lobotomies. Yeah, that's like, God. like dude, like it's just shock therapy was still horrible and fucking terrible. Like yeah. I think that stopped in like the nineties. Damn, but yeah, like it that shit's terrifying. I feel like maybe that's why I didn't like resonate with this movie too much because I feel like this was just a movie uh, about I see what you did there. Resonate. <laughs> resonate. Yep. Damn, dude, you smart, bro. Uh, but like, <laughs> it's a bunch of individuals on screen doing terrible things to each other and crossing that line. Like every single person, even like with Catherine, like she was probably like the coolest character to look at. Uh, not because of her looks. I'm probably like uh, character wise. <laughs> I, like I, like I, I like like, like everyone looked at me. To me like, like, yeah, like, you guys, that's not what I'm saying. Like as a character of what like, you, you know, person on screen. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm messing with you. 
And it's one of those things like they're all kind of like terrible people and they're all in it for themselves and they're all pretty selfish. Not Bubba. I know. Yeah. I was never I mean, like they did him dirty. Yeah, because I, I do think. I actually liked his character the most. I actually do think Dr. Catherine's character is, you know, very selfish as well. And she, she's doing, I mean, I know she, it's for the betterment of trying to solve schizophrenia and trying to be able to cure it, but it, it felt very. Right, that is self goal. Yeah, it felt very right. selfish in, in. She didn't care who would be in the way of yeah. getting that accomplished. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Although these two other people are in this house and there's a lot of risk involved, we saw that we almost died by this it. I'm going to go in there anyways and turn everything back on and because I want yeah, to but, know. And I also everything. think the character doesn't take a scientific approach to it. Right, right. Yeah. It's like more so delving into the unknown and Curiosity hoping. Curiosity killed the yeah, cat. Yeah, and it's more so hoping that uh, the answer will lie within this mystery right. and you know she's not really doing research she's just fiddling with things um, yeah. and so. we, we even see this a lot and we saw this in Annihilation too oh, 100%. Right? Where, where self-destruction uh, yeah, yeah exactly everything was just back to self-destruction so it, it, it's very telling on how this works she runs out of the room being stopped by orderlies Block tells the nurse that she is going to check on Crawford letting her know that uh, letting her know to sedate her if she resists. Back with Crawford he cautiously leaves out of his room walking down the hall eating some food off of a tray then gagging and continuing forward cuz that's not what he wants he's hungry though. He his uh gl- his gland directs him and I, I I wish I wish the noise of the gland would have just been like, <laughs> but it definitely isn't. But it's the way it moves, it looks like it does that. <laughs> seeing it, seeing it the radioactive color. Um, meanwhile, uh, Catherine is being prepared for shock treatment, <laughs> trying to convince him <laughs> to, to not do this. Block it goes to Crawford's room, telling the guard outside. Um, outside his room that he's gone and to call security. And I love this because, like, the guard is, like, chopping up with this chick. He's like, yeah, what time are you off? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she goes looking, looking, uh, she goes looking through the hall, noticing blood dri- dripping out of the pathology lab. She heads inside Crawford eating a brain. Um, she asks him um, not to eat that, letting him know that it can make him sick, even though um, he thinks it is delicious. He drops it. Coming to his senses, asking what's happening to him. She shares that they are going to find out while assisting him out of the room. He stops, his clan pulsing. Block tries to open the door. He closes it and starts to bite her in her face. I want you to say Whoa. his gland pulsing in your most seductive voice. As his gland pulses. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> they, are, they are about to start the therapy on on Catherine, but a nurse comes in asking for the sadistic uh, technician to come quick. They tell him to lock her up in the room. He begins um, taking her um, out of her restraints. She hits him in the head uh, with the medical lamp, continuing to get out of her restraints. Hell yeah. Um, cut to Crawford, um, in the parking garage and noticing Catherine leaving, leaving in a van. And I love how she just was like, fuck this. Let's get out of here. Let's go back to this resonator. He calls, <laughs> he calls out, of the, calls out to her, but she continues driving. An ambulance pulls in Crawford going, uh, going to hide. Two paramedics pull a drunk man out of the van of the gurney on the gurney. I fucking love this drunk dude. <laughs> yeah. He's it's so funny. Really funny. That's him. That's the guy. Honestly, the best character in the entire film. He's hilarious it was so good Crawford hides in the shadows the paramedic calls for the driver Harley but no response (laughs) the truck man we're getting to the bar 
where he says my favorite line in this whole movie. The drunk man is screaming, telling her that the snake man <laughs> ate him. What uh, snake was he talking about? Oh, man. Oh, Can you imagine if he was eating him and all you were... <laughs> <laughs> That would be so bad. She is about to take the man inside the hospital. But notices, I got the giggles tonight, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> notices Harley on the ground with his eye out of his socket. Crawford uh, grabs her, the drunk man screaming while she gets attacked. Her screams are muffled. She stabs him with a pocket knife. He bashes her head into the ground, um, the man screaming for somebody to help. Crawford's gland retreats back into his head, sending, um, sending him back to his senses. And I love this. I love how he That's has really cool. no sense yeah. of control when it's Until it goes fully back in. out. Yeah, and and it's and this is why I say this is like a PSA on consent, mainly because it, it's kind of like the whole thing of like guys think with their dicks. Yeah, I was yeah, about to say exactly. that. Exactly, it takes control over Thinking them with the head of your penis instead of the head on your shoulders. Exactly, it's and in and, and, and it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> It's very symbolic. <laughs> Guys are assholes. No, they're dicks. <laughs> they're dicks. Boy, you're having way too much fun. He is shocked at what he did. Then takes the ambulance. Catherine makes it back to. It is beautiful. Catherine makes it, it makes it back to the house. She goes into the attic, looking around the dark room. She pulls out dynamite from her bag. Now this where? was fucking where did this come ridiculous. from? Ridiculous. Where? That was my biggest gripe of this whole movie. It's like, where the fuck did you get that? That's what how I of, felt about I this like, entire yo, movie yeah, when I was watching it. That, I was like, you know what? No, people have this. It's the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it makes sense. They just have bombs. I mean, look at my purse right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she just pulls this out. Fucking nonchalant. Yeah, she had time to make this time. It's ripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's imagine, wrapped up. Imagine talking about this film prior to get, it being made. Like, I, want right, to be, I want to be the fly on the wall in the writing out. room. She flees the 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 awesome. hospital with the van. Gets the dynamite. <laughs> what? Dynamite's already the in the people, van. People like the producers. Like, where does she get it from? It doesn't matter. <laughs> she just has it. I like it's it. It's just there. Love it. Sell it. Do it. Five million dollars. Here you go. She pulls out the dynamite from her bag, placing it on the resonator and starting a five minute timer. Why so long, too? I don't know. I had problems with this. It's just, it, it, I, I have problems with that in every movie that has to deal with a bomb, but it, it is. I it mean, is. I, I'm it's the like, type that I would put extra time just to make sure I get out. I'll say that. It's 30 seconds. Nah, fuck that. 30 yeah. seconds to get from the, the, yeah. a, the attic to the. Yeah, that's easy. Off the premises. She only needed two seconds to uh, be out the window. It is, it is the 80s. People are a lot faster. Don't forget. Yeah. The, she but, she's out the door. That's true. The electricity shocks back on. She tries to leave out of the house, but Crawford grabs her, um, grabs her, dragging her into the playful room. I like to switch up the name of that room because it's scary. He binds her um, to, yeah, to these chains, her asking him why he's doing this. He tells her it's because he loves her and she shares that the res- uh, she shares that the resonator is going to blow up and that they need to get out of there. She tries to reason reason with him. Um, she, excuse me. She tries to reason him out of his stupor about them leaving. His gland comes out of his head. He comments about her beauty, promising that it won't hurt. She bites his gland off. Ow. Whoa. She bites it off. Yeah, and good for her. Fuck. And that co- has him come to a senses. 
Meanwhile, yeah, the resonators come to his senses. All right, <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Meanwhile, the resonator sparks on. Crawford is on the ground. She calls out to him. Edward appears, gripping her with uh, gripping gripping her with one of his arms, commenting on how pleasurable this is going to be. Crawford starts uh, starts to insult him about not being able to make love. Edward crudely tells him to teach him, and and then starts chasing him through the house. So I want to add to this. So we were talking about earlier, like why didn't um, Edward want Bubba as well? I think through all the time that he had spent with Crawford. Um, he had that connection. Yeah, I think there was maybe some by curiosity going on there. And could even be, in this line, like, why don't you teach me? Like, could, I think he wanted. Be. I mean, I mean, like I said, this movie is super horny on on both aspects. Yeah, like, totally. You know, like with Bubba jumping on That's Crawford with, with his just his, his underwear on. And he's and, ripped, dude. He's yeah. he's 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 muscular. Yeah, he can he <laughs> fucking. He could get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. But no. so, and, and when you, I wanted to wait until this moment to bring that up because sure. um, I think that's why he may not have wanted Bubba. Who knows, right? Um, but that's the perspective I saw it from. I just think he's um, fucking racist. I mean, I had to agree. Just with like H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, there you go. There ain't no black people in this shit. And um, if they are, they're there as literally this to be sacrificial. Yeah, which so. is terrible. Um, but that's like where I saw that could be a potential reasoning why right because i did think edward did like i got the vibe that edward was weird like curiosity like attracted to Mm -hmm. to uh crawford and and i don't even think it was a curious thing i just think he full-blown was just he embraced his sexuality you think so because i was wondering if it was because uh maybe he wasn't bisexual prior to uh, his research but maybe through the resonator he did grow the want to experience pleasure with both women and male? Well, I mean, you also have to take consideration that this was the 80s. Yeah. Right? I mean, being gay at this time was still a very hard subject. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. And and some people even still thought it as a, as a disease. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, I think that also plays into it as well, is that he could have been closeted. Which gotcha. Is, which is why most of his, like, garbs were also closeted right yeah so like i like i i think it was very telling that like i do think edward was bisexual i i and i i genuinely think that he was okay yeah i genuinely think he was crawford runs down the stairs as edward starts to transform he turns into a flying bat to then uh, uh uh, and comes and starts devouring his face. Catherine is trying to get out of her, get out of her restraints. The floating slimy snakes, one inside the room, and assisting her to get out. I don't. This part I don't truly understand. I don't understand why they wanted to help her. Uh, so the the whole thing was like, oh yeah, don't move or else they'll see you and they'll attack you. So she was moving only her arms. So they attacked oh, her arms. Oh, yeah, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Um, she looks around for a moment, pulling out matches from her pocket and lighting the lighting the pack, throwing it across the room, and the worms um, becomes a, becoming attracted to it. She starts running down the stairs to escape, coming uh, uh, coming cr- uh, across Crawford's body. Edward um, almost snatches her, but she runs back upstairs. Water falling down the stairs, the tentacles blocking her exit. She she has no choice but to head into the attic. Counting the down the seconds, Edward trips trips her. Crawford forces his way out of Edward's mouth, screaming for her to run. This looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Gets yeah, really gobbled does. back inside, and Edward comes back out. Both Edward and Crawford fight to come out of the melting body as it continues to hold Catherine. She escapes from the clutches. Uh, 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 blah, blah, blah. She escapes from the clutches, <laughs> jumping out of the window as the house combusts into flames. 
and her leg is fucked up. And I like that I they actually like, showed that, and like, yeah. like her not just jumping out, like, oh, I'm okay. Like, but like she was jacked yeah, up. She's yeah, fucked dude. Up. Yeah. I, I turned away from the screen. I was like, oh, yeah, it was messed damn. up. She whimpers from the pain and sh- and shocked as some of the folk in the neighborhood come to check on her and the house. The lady with the dog from earlier assures her that um, help is on the way and asks what happened What happened in there. Shout out to the nosy neighbors on this one. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there's I can't them laughing. Like, this is like the lady's just holding her dog and getting yeah. closer. It's like, what shout, is this? Shout out to the nosy neighbors. Catherine tells her tells her that it ate him and it starts and she starts to sob and then it turns into hysterical laughter. Then credits. Hysterical laughter. The fucking ending is fantastic. I want to know that laughter. Why you guys enjoy so that good. that ending? School me. Um, I just think it's it's the range. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Dude. like her going through what she went through. And like all of this, and then it finally it's destroyed, and like to the point where the only person who could make that thing, both are dead. Mm. And like I think for her, like it was just that telling moment of just like, "Fuck, I'm so glad that I got out of that." And then it's just turning into that laughter because it's like you're crying so hard that all you can do is laugh. Gotcha. Right. It's just it's so it it, it's it shows so, so much range by Barbara. It does. It it's does. such it really a crazy does. like. Oscar worthy type of performance out of nowhere for me at least. I'm I like, Whoa, think Barbara this definitely deserves an Oscar for any role she does. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> she does. But yeah, I got some movie facts for us here. Movie, movie facts. facts. Uh, uh, uh. Ooh, that was on sync. That was on sync. Really good. The resonator sound effects were later sampled into a song, Intergalactic, by the Beastie Boys. I fucking what? love that song. I love that song. Dude. Let's go. You should have seen us dancing just now. Yeah, we were definitely <laughs> dancing. Dr. Block is named after Robert Block, the author of the novel upon which Psycho was based in a friend of the writer, H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. So it's funny that you got vibes of Psycho in this. Yeah. yeah. So that's very, very interesting. Cool. Um, the HP, This H.P. Lovecraft um, story is actually only seven pages long. Wow. It's a very short story. Wow. That's actually really surprising to hear. Mm-hmm. Barbara Crampton actually sold the leather dominatrix outfit she wore in the film at a yard sale. I'm <laughs> sure that got snatched up real quick. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Uh, we'll do one more here. An interviewer in 2016 asked Barbara Crampton if her 13-year-old daughter and 14-year-old son had seen this film. What an awkward her, question. <laughs> very weird. In her, in her other earlier films, Crampton said, no, but my son's friends have uh, seen all my stuff on the internet, and they're, and they're like, dude, your mom's naked and... And in black leather. And my son's like, Mom, you should have told me before my friends saw it. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then I showed my son everything. Oh, (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. We got time for one more. Let's do one more. Studio executives opposed the casting of Barbara Crampton as Dr. McMichaels because they thought she was too young to be believable as a psychologist. Stuart Gordon, however, insisted that Crampton be cast. And then she was. Good. Good stuff. I agree. God damn, what a fucking movie, dog. What a crazy movie. I, I think I'm going to watch it again. I think you should, dude. I really do. Again, I'll end it with this. 
I love when horny makes sense. That's right. Love that. That's right. That's also beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> I have to tweet that randomly. <laughs> I love when horny makes sense. I think David should tweet yeah, that. Yeah, you should tweet that tonight. It's already tweeted. Put it out of, con- yeah, put it out of context. Amazing. Tweet that tonight. That's amazing. And we're like, oh my God, remember that one time he tweeted that? It all comes back around. Full circle, full circle, full circle. But let us know over on Twitter what you think about From Beyond over at Nightlight underscore pod. That's also Night with a K. Um, but yeah, we want to keep this conversation going. We want to hear what you think about this movie. It's a lot of hardiness. There's so much going on in here, but it makes it sense. Makes sense. It, does <laughs> it make sense. sense. it makes sense. But definitely let us know what you think about this. The next movie that we are going to be covering on the ending of our month of March of Madness is going to be Pulse from 2001. Ooh. I am going to keep that. I was I was considering changing it, but Pulse is just really fucking good, and I know that's going to 100% be David's jam, and I don't want to take that away from him. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> but this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we had David. <laughs> also known as Nightly. On the other end there, we had Freddy. Always keeping this poopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty night our efforts to get the show out is not enough we need your help to spread us out some more ghoulish nights rating us with five stars is very helpful but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it you can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnight life and that's night with a what my pleasure on patreon you have access to the show ad free and as early as monday with the post show if you don't have any bucks to toss don't worry an episode is released every friday on most podcast services around the world remember everybody don't forget in your nightlight.